like the one you have about the multiple pages with a bank statement. Mm. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, get it, get it, get it, get it. And the one you have about them uh, purchasing furniture on the finance. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Maybe that's an easier way for them. You know, pictures worth a thousand words. A funny Joe Hancock video is probably worth 10,000 words. This is Michael Kelleher, and the mobile patio is open, and I am excited for this personality. I think I can relate a lot to it, so excited to get Joe Hancock on our mobile patio today. Uh, Joe, thank you for coming on. I'm looking forward to the next half an hour or more with you, but uh, before we start, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, name's Joe Hancock. I've uh, been in the mortgage industry probably about 22, 23 years, maybe 24. It's hard to keep track anymore. So it's one of those businesses you get in and you just don't get out. And uh, it's uh, so I've been doing it a long time and um, been doing a lot of marketing lately, learning some new techniques to get new business in the door. But yeah, I've been in the business for a while and I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly with it all. I mean, this is perfect for Mobile Patio because we do interview and try to find people that have gone through multiple cycles because I'm deep in the in the tech industry, gone to many conferences, and it used to be designed by a loan officer for a loan officer. We said it too, but everybody said that like around 2012 when it was transitioning from the ability to put different font right on a, on a 1003 to actual digital mortgage. Yes, uh, and now you see more people pop up. You see it in Clubhouse, MIT graduates, Silicon Valley. They've been through that alumni. No mortgage experience, but, and I think that's not a, a bad thing until a cycle hits. And so I like to have somebody like yourself that that's seen a few cycles. And what I found really cool as somebody who goes to conferences, can you just tell before we get started, I think one, the biggest takeaway, I think the next generation of loan officers can get is that CMB license. You want, you have one. I saw, is that, is that correct? Yeah. And so yeah, you want, you need the knowledge. I mean, that, that's what that brings in. And it's not easy to get, right? It's a, it's a lot of work and, and you typically get either sponsored by a mentor that already has it. Like what's the process to go through? Um, the new, pro- I mean, I don't know if there's a the process in the back. You kind of had to be, it was a long time ago now, but you had to be sponsored. You, you go through oral boards. I mean, it was, there's a lot of things you had to do to get this. And it really dives deep into the, your mortgage knowledge and expands it. So yeah, if you're new in the business, I encourage you to, to get a CMB because you need to uh, you need to know what you're doing um, and become a true professional at your at your craft because this business what keeps loan officers employed is our knowledge of guidelines and our our ability to be able to navigate that. Uh, otherwise, they would have eliminated us into a car loan a long time ago where they could just push a button and you can roll through it. But because guidelines are so intense, there's so many moving parts and so many ways to interpret how a, how a loan is, you, you need to know these things and become a true professional at what you do. And that, that certification helps you get there. Obviously, you need years before you go in and, and get your CMB. I noticed yeah. one of your TikToks, and we'll get into it, uh, does a great job of showing how you were introduced to the business, which is thrown into the fire. Do you think that 
there should be like a university of hard knocks um, or a university of tough love before somebody gets that education. Like should, I, I noticed you were, you were knocking on doors, looking at paperwork and reading guidelines. Is that yeah. what you feel should be the initiation or do you think things have changed and, and there's a new way to become a loan officer now? There's a couple of ways to do it, but um, there is no real, what I would say university that I, that I feel is out there yet that's really a training other than the, that process of going through some of the CMB process. A lot of the learning in our business is, uh, you know, here's the battle, here's a gun, here's four bullets, do the best you can. That's really a tough way to learn this business. And, you know, I tell new loan officers to come in, you really want to tie in with a, being a junior loan officer with a, with a heavier producer, because they're more, they're, they're dealing with their referral sources to get the business through. And you're, you're just learning by literally a, almost osmosis is coming in because you're having to learn to get these files through and, and you have someone guiding you along because there's so much to guidelines and there's so many ways to do a loan and to look at a scenario. It's hard to really train for every scenario you're going to get. And so it almost becomes with experience you get there um, because it's, Almost like a, uh, a doctor kind of knows out over time that, oh, I've seen this symptom before. Here's how we can fix that because I've been down this road. It's, it's the same thing that we, you know, they've been through medical school. They understand certain things that are going to happen, but then there's the reality of the real world. And that's, that's our business that we're in is there's just so many ways that a loan can twist on you. you especially in the origination component of it. And then once it's going through guidelines and you're, and you're, or going through underwriting and you're having to maybe define a loan deeper, you need that experience. And that just comes with time. And, and um, so if you're new, you know, I, I always encourage people try to find a team or a mentor that you can work under. It's, it's like an apprenticeship. You know, it's not something that you jump right in and you just do awesome at, and then do your homework, read the guidelines. You just pick a product and learn that product learn it inside and out and then pick the next one and learn it inside out while you are working under the tutelage of someone else. You do need to find a, a mentor. And I think when you're not in the weeds, which I'm no longer in, and you can kind of see it, if you can get hyper-focused or at least start with a niche, and that's not just lending, but even just research, right? Just looking at all regs or, or the entire Fannie Mae can be overwhelming and, and dilute yeah. your ability of knowledge. Start focused and, and then ask questions to a mentor. That makes total sense. And I agree on the doctor. It reminds me of like when you go in and you're like, yeah, I'm getting a burn. Like there's a burn up in like, you know, my, my chest could, could be my heart doctor. And they check everywhere, like, but there and you're sitting there going, but doctor, you didn't, you didn't touch like, but they know from experience and you just don't want to walk out there with like, how did he diagnose me without touching? What was the actual, the problem? And then you're paranoid for the next two weeks. Like, I don't even know if he knew what he was doing, but they, just like you guys know what you're doing. Cause you've seen them, you've seen it before. So it's a lot of experience. And I think the, the mentorship is big because you need like a purpose, right? Like as, as a, as a loan officer, I think there's multiple purposes. It could be paycheck, right? Let's not kid ourselves. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Personal goals, maybe not paycheck like money, but what are the personal goals you can achieve from it? Two could become management. A lot of loan officers want to become managers 
more than complete personal goals, right? And then yeah. three would be the unknown. Um, and maybe I've been watching a lot of uh, Frozen with my daughter, but it, you know, you're going into the <laughs> unknown. And so if you have a, a mentor to help you figure that out, you're not just waking up when, when a cycle's over and we'll get into it in a minute. I think you touched really well on the refi boom uh, going over to purchase, but you don't end a cycle and, and, and in the weeds and wonder what, you know, did you use the best use of your time for the last eight years or should you have focused some time on, on bringing it all back, learning some regulations on a niche that you want to bring into the purchase market, something like that. Right. And yeah. What are your thoughts on those three? Like, what would you say a loan officer should figure out in the next year or two as we go to purchase? Even during the boom, I was focused on purchase and um, you want to stay in that. People are always buying, even in the 18% market back in the day, people bought a house. So you, you want to stay purchase focused and you think of refi as that extra bonus check that you can get and how you can dive deeper into your client by working them over time. If I was a new loan officer today, I would learn the first time home buyer programs such as the Home Ready, Home Possible, FHA, and learn those really well. And you can narrow that down pretty quickly and go through those guidelines and understand that product. Because usually as a, as a new loan officer, typically you are going to capture more of your inexperienced buyers. It, it, it typically kind of works that way. And you can kind of learn what you can do for those folks. And then you can try to guide them along. And if you have the mentor, and again, back on the mentor really quick, if you're getting into business, they're going to interview you to come in, but also interview them to see if they have the time to properly mentor you and help bring you up as part of their team and grow their team and not just be throwing stuff at you and really not have time to answer those questions as you're trying to structure the loans for them to get them closed. So you want to make sure that you have those conversations with someone that's that's willing to spend and not that they're going to have to spend a lot of time with you, but some time and so you can learn and grow in this business because this business has such great opportunities. The time that you, you know, that you can spend in this business and make good income and be able to have a great lifestyle, work from home if you want it to. I mean, there's there's so much opportunity here. Um, but you got to do it the right way so it doesn't destroy you at the same time because this cannot this business can uh, consume you as well. And so you want to just I would focus on those three areas right on right off the bat, learn them really well, because a lot of folks, oh, I want to do construction or I want to do renovation or I want to do, you know, VA. I want to do these things. They're a little more complex. So you want to get into that yet. Stay focused on those and be willing to hand off some of that other stuff and maybe tag along on it. So if you get a renovation loan, try not to figure that renovation loan out right now. Give it to the experienced guys that know how to do it and ask if you can tag along with it. So therefore you learn it without destroying your referral source and or, or making a bad experience for your client. So be, you know, understand if you, if you don't know a product, find someone in, in the group that knows it, that you can hand off to, to tag along and you can learn it. And that's how you start to learn it. And as you're learning that, pull those guidelines. I find a lot of good loan officers I've met, really good loan officers were former processors who knew how to set a file up and structure it on the paperwork side of it. And they had the sales ability too, because some processors don't want to deal with sales or front end facing, but the ones that do have that ability, but also have the paperwork ability dominate because they have the ability to really set these files up for success, to be able to push through. So 
when the backroom starts seeing your files come and Bill's file comes through here, it's good. It's going to get attention. Yeah. And I think when you're talking referral partners, it makes an impression when you are organized and, and can bring it through. Not just because you're organized great, but then they don't have to be as organized because you're taking care of it for them. And I think that's that's impactful. I think it's a great, great point there for loan officers. You don't have to print out seven questions to ask, uh, you know, off yahoo.com like I did on, on an interview. You just need that one question that Joe just told us, which is like, how do you manage your time and, and how much time do you have to work with me? Because I think the way to pass other loan officers in this industry is not sales ability because there's so many good ones. Like they're incredible and they take classes and coaching and, and those are available all over the place from, you know, uh, the, the, the Zenix program. I use a Sandler sales. What, what type of sales programs? Just real quick shout out that are popular out there, Joe. Well, I mean, Zenix is a great, I love Zenix. I think Zenix has a really good structured program and they have such uh, uh, their flight plans and the way they do it. I really like their programs get a coach too i mean coaches like you know christine beckwith i'll throw throughout there she's a good coach you got at the company i work at we have an internal coach that we can plug into every wednesday and i plug into that even in even in the business i've been in the business a long time but i still plug into coaching i still invest in yourself by getting into these programs listening to people um you know following different podcasts immerse yourself in that and you will capture so much business. Mortgage Coach has great Tuesday coachings that you can jump onto. Dave Savage interviews top level loan officers and you can capture ideas on how they're doing things. And if, if you'll notice it, and there's a, there's a consistent pattern that I see with yeah, top producers. What is, is this? They, have, they, they, have, they have teams, they build people around them to do things. And if you're a single loan officer, just starting out, you tag into the team, be part of the team. You learn how it works. And as you grow and learn how to step out on your own, then you can, you've seen a team that's successful. You can start building that piece by piece, you know, and you, people get scared to actually step out. And, and I mean, I need to get a loan assistant and by you being a loan assistant or coming in on that level, you know how to structure what needs to be done on these files. Because some people get a loan assistant, don't know what to tell them to do. They still do all the work. And then they're kind of having them all over the place. You need to be organized on that. So when you come in and you tag yourself into a successful team, you've seen a successful team grow. And if your long-term goal is to become the same thing, you're, you're literally being shown the blueprint on how to do this. And so when you step out, and that first loan assistant is always scary to get because you're going, oh, different, different companies have different ways of doing it, but it's coming out of your pocket a lot of times. So you're like, oh, how am I going to pay this? Well, you look at it as this one extra loan. One loan, it's going to cost you a loan to do it. So yeah. if you're doing the right work, that one loan is going to give you six more or seven more deals because of where you're going to be able to go. Yeah. And the only thing they can't offer you on a bonus is time. Like you can't get time back. You can't pay for time. In fact, there's a study out there that 80% of your time is on remedial tasks that do not excite you in life. And, and only 20% of the average person spends time on items that, that make their lives better or make their mind better. And so at, going back to the two points, one is meeting people where they are, customers where they are. Joe Hancock does that or sets the bar for the rest of us just through example. And hopefully by the end of the show, through some mentorship with 
TikTok and other areas. That's where they are. Whether you believe in it or new generation, that's where they are. The other thing I think where, and I did say the, the sales. So, the, but the other thing is scalability of your time, which, which I yeah. was going to say. If you were just starting, in my opinion, feeding off of Joe, 33% of all loan officers that do more than 100 deals a year use Mortgage Coach. Dave Savage gives more back to the industry with that free, no paywall interview of loan officers giving their blueprint. Again, just like we said, looking at regulations, look, reading, watching it all is going to be very hard to consume. But if you get a coach like Christine Beckwith, and rather than just listening to her, watch those videos and go back and ask questions to her based on that, based on some sort of niche within there or have her coach you on a niche in there, you're going to make yourself better. So on the scalability, what Joe was saying, and this is my, kind of my take, I, I loved it. I didn't think of it till you said it. You can feed off of these, these groups that already exist before you need to go get your own assistant, right? Because you can learn from that person in the interview, Joe said, who, who has time for you, learn how to delegate. Just because you have an assistant doesn't mean it's less work, could be more work having teaching the assistant what to do. So if you can learn from the people like Joe or Joe's referring to on how to teach this group or how to work with this group, right, Joe? Because you can end up having more work by hiring people than, than you if you can. Just, yeah. if, you, if you hire wrong and you don't know what to do hiring wise, you don't say you're not, you don't have a plan for this person to do the work for you, then you just created a lot more work for you to deal with. And then they're not going to do it right. They're not going to have direction. They got, you got to set that box. And let's just say, you know, on the mentorship, if you're trying to get in this business and you you're working as a call center loan officer and you want to transition to retail loan officer, you really can't find that mentor. There are mentors you can look toward. Alec Hansen is one that I'd say you just look up his look up his podcast. He can be your mentor right there. You can just plug into his podcast and and he's and he's laying out platforms for you to work off of and and, and laying out the new the new way of doing things. You know, guys like him have these great podcasts out there that you can just plug right in, bypass. It's unbelievable. Great book. A great book. I mean, and he's just one. There's a bunch of them out there that, that do it. But, you know, uh, Brian Covey, another, these guys are doing really good job with their stuff. Um, you know, I like, I like to, you know, uh, Brian View interviews a lot of people, good people. Your show, interviewing great people that oh, you nice can job. watch these shows and gain a lot of knowledge from just watching. So, uh, Jason Frazier, plug into Jason Frazier, yeah. Mortgage X, go into this stuff. If you do these things, so let's say I have no mentor. I can't find this guy, this guy or girl to plug into. I'm really kind of on my own. What do I do? Or I've been in the business five or six years and I'm just kind of struggling. You've got it right there. These guys are online sharing the knowledge that I wish I could have gotten to when I first got into business. Because when I first got into business, I didn't really have a mentor. I kind of was winging along. And just willy nilly, my first year, I made $900. I was mowing lawns and washing cars to survive as I didn't have that direction. And now the, the wealth of knowledge from these people. And again, Dave Savage's show, all these shows are out there. So you can plug into all this and start learning on your own there. If you don't have that ability to find that mentor and work your way up. The mentors have, are out there. They have blueprints. Jason Frazier has, I'll, I'll go find it. I'll put it in the comments. He interviewed somebody out of Virginia that is just a powerhouse when it comes to deals who 
has all these hacks on how to dominate their local market using social media. He like takes pictures in front of the like an ice cream shop in four different clothes on a day so that he yeah. can later throughout the year tag himself at the ice cream shop so that when people he's he's everywhere in his town. So I, I do want to get into I mean, maybe I, I did want to ask you about um, how you got into the industries. But also on that note, I noticed you have a great YouTube station and you, you have a local live show. Is this an area where you're going to start building that live brand and that's that's where everybody can kind of take that that template as long as they stay out of Gainesville and stay out of Alachua, yeah. right? I'm just kidding. Alachua, yeah. Alachua. So hyper local, be hyper local. You're not going to compete with GR and 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 Lone Depot, those guys that are hitting the national hits. Mm-hmm. Be hyper local, which is what I'm doing with this. And so by I created a podcast, which is not hard to do. Mine. Uh, I found a podcast company here, uh, the Fiesta Media. They're able to create this phenomenal podcast for me. I also are doing multiple stuff uh, as far as video. I love all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I have the freedom to do that because I have a good team that I've built in the backroom part to keep this stuff going. But you still, even if you don't have that, you need to carve out this little extra time that you just dedicate just to marketing and being hyper local in your market. So I'm, I've become and becoming more as Brian Covey said, be your digital mayor, the digital mayor of your area. And that's what I'm working towards. And so now I get people to say, you know, I was thinking of Alachua and I thought of you because they see me all over the place and Alachua that's I'm known. And that's, that's what you got to do. You become a digital mayor of that area. And so um, creating your digital footprint and it's not a hard thing to do you can do it with your phone you can just start off your phone and there's multiple apps that you can use Streamyard costs you 25 bucks a month if you wanted to have your own Streamyard podcast and you can do it on your phone you really? know you just turn it sideways and start recording is that start recording and get going and it's go live on facebook even if you're just going to do as simple as that just go live on facebook twice a week if you do something You'll be surprised if you just did something twice a week. People suddenly say, I see you all over the place. Well, I was only on twice a week. But what happens is your impressions, people see you. They may not watch your show. They may not, they may not even know what you're talking about, but they saw your face. They know, it's, they know what you do. And so over time, just like a billboard sitting on the side of the road that gets 40,000 impressions a day, they may not even get your phone number off of that, but they connect you later down the road. When, when they are in the market or hear something, they've seen you on a regular basis because you're impressioning in their head. There's Joe, there's Joe, there's Joe, there's Joe. Over time, it's like, yeah, Joe, that guy, that guy I saw, that Joe guy. That's, that's how I start, that's how it works. It's repetition. And so, um, yeah, with the show, with, uh, with the YouTube, with, um, we're getting a little crazy with like, it's like I was saying earlier, we're doing a John Wick style videos, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of stuff going and, and I've tied in with other guys that are doing stuff, not only in my industry, the other guys that have other businesses, I interview all the businesses in Alachua. So they're all knowing me and I'm, I'm get, lifting them up and by giving to them and giving them a platform, I'm getting more exposure too. Yeah. Because- I saw that on your most recent show after you made the big music announcement. Um, tell us about like, what, what's that strategy on bringing others in, in town? Is it, um, it's a great way 
you know, the, it's a great way not to bore your people because mortgage is not totally exciting to talk about all the time. So I, as I sat down and if I sat down and talked about mortgage on every single show, then it, it only have a, a core, a small core viewership. So Alachua has a lot of businesses. So I tied in with the chamber, Alachua chamber, and I created this podcast to be able to interview all the members of the chamber. So I go to their, I go to their uh, business. It's a, it's an easy way to just meet people and go and say, Hey, I'd like to interview you about your business. And they go, that's great. Now it's going to go live on the Facebook page. It's going to go on YouTube. It's going to go on LinkedIn. It's going to go all over the place. We're going to give you exposure for free. And what I'm giving to the chamber is chamber says, we love it because you're giving the chamber a way to give value to memberships. The member likes it because they're getting value and exposure. And for me, I'm just getting to know more people and they see me on a regular basis by interviewing these people. It's brilliant. I, I pay for um, a coach on the, the SaaS model side and that's really the future. And you've done a better job than I have of, of really getting that content out there, but it's finding places like the chamber that have an audience and providing them content because you'd be surprised they need it. Right. And as long as they're willing to distribute it and then work your way up, you know, find people with bigger, bigger audiences. So when people think like starting to become mayor, digital mayor in the town, they always go right to creating or owning the Facebook page. Is that, is there like a step one, two, three to become digital mayor? Uh, so it's going to evolve as you go through time. So uh, your step one is go live on Facebook. Okay. That's your step one. Um, and then maybe record a, a, a live and put it on LinkedIn. So do that. That's your step one. Start just even if um, even if you take your phone and you want to say something on mortgage that one day and then the next time you go live, you are at a business and you're just highlighting the business and interview you go live from the business right there on your phone. You don't have to have fancy equipment. You don't have to have any of that. The beauty of, of the world we have now is people don't expect you to have all the high, high end stuff. And as you grow and learn, you'll, cause you'll start learning. It'll start, it'll start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. When I first started really tapping into video was about 18 months or 24 months ago. So it takes time for it to build, but now I get more referral off of my, off of my direct marketing than I do from my referrals, my referral sources, which is what I wanted to do because now I can give back to my referral sources and say, Hey, this person contacted me. I've pre-qualified them. Here's a lead. So I just handed my realtor a several thousand dollars versus them constantly handing me business, which gives me more value to them than the other referral sources. It just seems like a, a perfect plan. You, you said when you first started, question that kind of I, I get into because I'm, I'm like you, I, I try to be humorous, right? <laughs> Is there loan officers, kind of the old school ones know this or call center, you know, you got the cold calling, the people that just start, we call it call reluctance, right? Like there's always some head trash of why you don't want to start being humorous and the, uh, and obviously I'm not, I think it's more like internal, like your, your, your immediate family looking at it, your friends, you almost wish you could just make it for everybody and they couldn't see it. Or maybe you do like them seeing it. What would you say to somebody that has that, um, that posting reluctance because they, they're scared to be funny or be themselves. So it is nerve wracking at first. Um, 
And, and one way to, to overcome that, uh, I had a, uh, a boss one time that got me over being scared of being in front of a camera. He just put a camera in front of me and said, start talking. And so when you do that to people, they kind of, you kind of start monotone and they talk like this and this, and they, um, and think, um, 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 because your mind, you're, you're scared of it. It's just like, if you're talking, like you and I are talking right here, although there's cameras facing us, we're talking. So practice makes perfect on this. So you got to just do it. That's the thing. Just do it. No matter how bad you are, just do it. And if you're to be funny, like when I first tried to, when I started doing the TikToks and trying to make those humorous, I was a little nervous about doing that because we're kind of in a professional industry and I figured it might, people might take it wrong. And I thought of Super Bowl commercials. Which ones do I remember? The funny ones. Those are the ones I remember. And so I said, I got to find a way just to be funny. And, and if people get it, they get it. If they don't, they don't. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be funny all the time, but there's ways to think of something that's funny and just kind of throw it out there and it rolls with it. Cause I, I remember I had a builder one time come to me and he says, Joe, are you scared that people will think lower of you because you're doing funny stuff? And I was like, I said, well, I've never met you and now you're talking to me. So Lesson so he, learned, right? You know, so he was like, you're right. And I said, so it gives me exposure. And frankly, I want to do business with people I like and they like me. So that's what I want to do. And so that's uh, that's what they, they ended up doing. I was against the TikTok. So I, I consumed your content on LinkedIn. But for this interview, I downloaded TikTok, mobile patio. I'm, I'm going to start. So you, you've, you've influenced me. I, you, I made the move. It's on my phone. I think the what I love about TikTok so much is it, it teaches people that it's okay to imitate and imitation is a compliment and almost like copying is okay in this new world. And I've heard it over on, on Instagram. So, but I think TikTok actually promotes it. Like here's a video that's going viral. Here's a song that you make it to. My wife and daughter had one, like where you, you take someone else's toy and there's some background, like movie clip, uh, someone else's property and, and like everybody's doing it. And I think, so I guess it kind of teaches you that, to also do it on LinkedIn, find somebody that's successful, maybe not in your exact zip code and do almost the same and, and watch the algorithms, the impressions, those type of things work. Would, what would you say? Like, is that a good way to start or is that? Yeah, you can, you can get an inspiration from what you've seen. And uh, I mean, I've, I've had people literally duplicate my exact TikTok to a T like, right to the point every single thing i did and to me i just took it as a compliment some people do get in into tiktok industry they see you steal as they call it steal their idea then they get a little upset but for me it wasn't a big deal but if you don't want to get into that where you're stealing an idea you can get inspired on their idea and spin it to your your own your own flow of and if you do that then you're not you're just being inspired to do something similar and you know, it's not a big deal. Share it to your, your, your influence. It, it comes back down to, I, I believe if you can become hyper-local, that's, that's where your success lies because we are those local experts and, and being able to work. I, I use a phrase all the time with my, my clients is, you know, that when they're, that are especially coming from, from rocket mortgage, I say, well, the rockets in space, I'm in your face. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's the truth. They can find me, <laughs> yeah. even though we're digital, I still have an office and they can, I have a local 
local reputation. That's what we all have on our, in our business. We're hyper local and that's what keeps us around in our knowledge of the guidelines because the ultimate guide, the ultimate, the save a ton, it save all the mortgage companies a lot of money to eliminate loan officer pay, but they need us to get that business in the door and keep it pushing through. Um, so it's almost like here, push this button right here. Right. And they push it. Did you get a mortgage? No. All right. Now you ready to, are you ready? It's all not exactly how they say let's, let's, uh, yeah, it doesn't fit that box. And that's where we, we come in. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's TikTok is, is a great tool. I used it. I use it kind of like a video editor. It's a great way to to tie in music and, and make something funny and quick and fifth. And the beauty is it's 15 seconds. Yeah. I used to make these big, long explanation. I still do some of those and I'd see the viewership was 10 seconds and it dropped and I'd only carry a few folks. So with TikTok, I can make a 15 second to the point video and my viewership is skyrocketed on that because I, people will give me the 15 seconds. And the impression. So it's not just the views. Like it it happens with mobile patio. Sometimes I look at the views and, and then everybody, you know, I talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, your show's doing great. Probably not even watching it, but the, you know, like you said, the billboard effect. Uh, yeah. And they 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 cross paths with enough people that are watching it that it, it does its branding. So to end here, and this was awesome. So I don't even know if I got to everything, but I wanted to break down a couple of your videos, okay? Okay. Um, with mortgage lessons, in case this goes to market without actually seeing them. So one, how can people see your um, your TikTok videos, like what's, what's the, where can they go? So if they follow along here, if you go to TikTok, it's digital mortgage guy. That's my name on there. So I, I saw a couple of them. Your most recent one, open house. Can you tell some of these loan officers that haven't gone to one in a, in a while, maybe join since COVID, or we could say before the refi boom, how can you use hyper local for open houses? And how accurate is sitting there during them? And, but being there, is that like branding too? It's not just views, it's impressions. So yeah, that, that video open house is referring to, you know, the market currently, and you'll hear the battle in the background that's going on and people fighting over houses. So I was just using that as a simple, but I'm sitting there in an open house with, with my referral source, ready to pre-call that person that wins the battle on the offer. And so that's what that's referring to. So I've already had good feedback actually from several of my referral realtors who have said, oh, I love that video because it's so true of what's going on. So um, the realtor said to you, my loan officer just takes a video of the house and doesn't believe in, in being at the open houses. They'd rather go out and they say, drum me up new business. What, what would you say to that realtor? For me, marketing to that realtor, then basically I, I, I'm going to show them kind of what I have, what I do digitally mm-hmm. um, and, and how that I'm going to be as well, uh, your, your right hand, I can be right there. And in in, if you want me to be there with you, we can do this together. And what I find with most of my uh, realtor referrals sources is we work as a partner. And that's what you're really targeting with your realtors when you're interviewing them to work with them is you want someone as a partner. You don't want to be constantly begging them for business. You want to try to find ways that you help enhance their business. So your conversation with them is going to be I want to uh, dive into your business plan a little bit on how you're, you're acquiring business and you can find out the holes that are in their plan because I guarantee they are. There's holes and you can try to fill those holes for them and show them ways that you that's what you can bring to the table to, to help them out. Yeah, I see like 
this proverbial split of successful loan officers. They're never going to go away. And it's not like a fast one. It's just slowly separating. And it's loan officers that can really do digital, right? And I'm, I'm talking, they might not even be loan officers yet. They were digital first. And now they just know how to repeat that from whatever it is using things I wish they could teach me, analytics and, and, and Google. Um, and then there's loan officers that are not afraid to talk to people or be at the open houses because 93% of millennial communication is nonverbal. Yeah. And only 1% of that 7% sliver is in, incoming. So they'd rather talk to you. They get even afraid of, so think of an open house. What do people do? They keep coming in that you don't know who they are. Makes them very uncomfortable. That's why I think if you're a loan officer and you're comfortable with that, you have a long future. If you have a loan officer and you're not comfortable with that, I think that's the one technology is going to have a, an easier time replacing. So that yeah. open house I thought was great. I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. I love the movie T Tombstone. Come on, Huckleberry. But I think that's what you just said. That's you. But that's more of like an image of somebody that's comfortable talking to people and being there versus somebody that will come in, say hello, and then hopefully text you the rest and, and hope you're going to give them deals. Communication's everything. In this business, period, communication's everything. Um, I recently did a, 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 we had to renew our home equity line we had on our house. The lending institution that we have it with, I don't know what's going on half the time. And, you know, I'm, and so it gives me a great experience of, of what happens when you don't hear anything. You're just wondering, just wondering. You got to remember that. You may know what's going on. But unless you verbalize that to your to your clients, and if even if you don't have time to pick the phone up, use Vidyard or BombBomb or something and send a video email to them. And um, Vidyard's free. And you can send them that. And then you're verbally talking to them on a regular basis. You can't over communicate. If you do more data and the more communication you do, the better. You just got to do that. No, That's I love scary. it. And I like Dub, D-U-B-B -B, uh, by Ruben Daw is another program there, but yep. you got to get that video out there. And so the final one on this topic is, can you tell us about the referral source video you made? Oh, you got plans? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So that one is is referring to um, basically during the refi boom, a lot of loan officers just ditched their referral sources and focused on the refi business only. And then now we're hitting going back into the purchase market and now they're calling and guys like me who are now who are constantly in the purchase phase, we've already acquired those guys back. And now they're they're already working with someone else who didn't neglect them during the refi boom. So my purpose of that video was don't neglect the people who fed you for so long. You know, you need to keep that service level up. Even though you got swamped with business, you need to appreciate what they're doing for you. And you can monitor, you know, your, your referral sources and see how much business they're getting. You know, you gotta, you gotta um, always monitor your business and keep your finger on it. Not just, sometimes you may think one referral source is sending you a lot when it actually was someone else. And so you, you got to understand where your business is coming from and take care of that business. And because the refi boom was just, that was just easy money, literally. I mean, anybody could do, could
could do that business. And that's where the Huckleberry one came from. Cause a lot, I saw a lot of new loan officers suddenly enter the market and now they're being thrown into the, into the purchase business. And I don't know how to do it because there's no training for it and they're faltering and we'll see them purge back out of the business because they're just not going to be able to survive. You're doing great here on Mobile Patio. You make such valuable um, pieces so easy to consume. So I appreciate that. Um, just a couple quick ones on, I think, helping either consumers or others know what goes on. You touch on the underwriter a lot. You did the, the steps early in the morning. You did the underwriter saying, nah, because it's, it's still a no. Um, I think that's good for consumers to see that there's other voices on it. The, you know, the loan office is always stuck in the middle being like the don't shoot the messenger, right? You are the, you are the messenger. And, you know, we try to do as best job we can, but sometimes there's something that you get caught. Uh, and so I throw the underwriter in there a lot to, to show that side of the business. You are somebody that I don't know, but you're taking shots at me. Like it's Patron and I'm just like, damn, it's 7 a.m. And this happens. You, you, you have one last step you want to clear, which is, yeah. uh, which is a condition. You wake up early and you're already hitting that underwriter. Can we clear it? Can we clear it? Can we clear it? Can we clear it? And that was what that referred to is like loan officer, get up, hit it on the phone. And the underwriter's like, man, it's 7 a.m. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's such a, this is why I'm so heavy and in on mobile apps. I think they relate to meeting people where they are and understanding people don't live in a vacuum. There's so many external pieces that at that 7 a.m. step from 7 a.m. to noon, if Joe can call and proactively have that conversation because you know that, that sixth sense is going off that it's been three days and you really need an update versus them calling you at one o'clock and they're not calling in a vacuum. They're calling because my wife knows I'm going away Friday. So what does that mean? We're not going to work on the mortgage till Tuesday. And so I'm calling you saying like, it, that's outside the vacuum. That's the mobile world, right? Because the problems, the, the external noise doesn't happen when I'm in front of a computer. It happens when she sees me packing the suitcase, right? And that's where I'm on the phone. And so I think all of those updates, communication are the front end, but the back end, I mean, you touch on it. You talk about... um the sales managers, you know, that was a funny one too, where they're pushing, but yeah. th there's a lot going on, I guess. And it's nice for the consumer to see if you could just send these, these videos to them in the beginning, like the one you have about the multiple pages with a bank statement. Mm. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, get it, get it, get it, get it. And the one you have about them uh, purchasing furniture on the finance. Do you have the time? Maybe that's an easier way for them. You know, pictures worth a thousand words. A funny Joe Hancock video is probably worth 10,000 words. Maybe it's just easier to digest and remember, even if the background's like, oh yeah, remember that anchor man like video Joe made? I better not get furniture. So I think you're on to something. I don't think anybody can ever take this content away from you. And that's what I'm working on a way to deliver these video contents to consumers, buy them off of Joe right? So that you can get them because they're better than how you do it today. And they meet the people that are consuming TikTok all day long. Now they'll remember. So I think you do a good job there. You probably have a lot more coming, right? Probably yeah, there's, purchase market. There's a lot. Uh, there's a whole slew of them. And, and I get inspiration on them. Really, it's just my day to day that I'm going. I have the, you know, these, these music clips that you save in TikTok. And so as you go through, 
when it's video time for me, I'll have a set time, set time a day. I kind of do it usually on a Monday and I'll go through and I just start listening to them and I go, that one hit. And, and I just think of something that goes with it. And then I create it. Um, and it, it doesn't take long to do. And then it's up and it's, and it's going. But yeah, there'll be more purchased ones uh, there. And, and then also Instagram reels. I'm, I'm going into that platform now um, right. with a lot of purchase stuff about to hit that platform real heavy because it's being pushed strong. All these platforms are just getting you in front of people and allowing you to be able to uh, for people to see you. I mean, Snapchat even has a, a version now. And so and YouTube has a version of the TikTok style of yeah. stock. Um, and, uh, it's just finding where you're comfortable being at and doing it there. You don't have to try to hit every platform, just find the one that works good for you and do it well. And you'll, and you'll find success with it. Thank you for coming on the show. If you want to just tell us any, any final things you wanted to say, but mostly I just want to know why do you get up every day and why do you love what you do so much that you don't want to go off to that nine to five and you could do this forever or at least till retirement freedom. That's why, because this job gives you the most freedom of any job I've ever had. And now that I have two little kids, it's allowed me to spend an absorbent amount of time with them while working at home. I can work at home. I can help people get into homes. My kids get to watch me make dreams come true for people. And I, I get all this quality time with them at the same time. And the beauty is in our business, is I can be on a Zoom call and my daughter is sitting here with me sometimes and just sitting there not saying anything and I can talk to clients and, and she's understanding, she's watching what's going on. So I get a lot of freedom out of this business um, and you know where the company I'm working for now, they give you everything you need, all, everything I need to work with is all there. So the beauty of this business for me and the reason I love getting up and doing it every single day is I can use my creativity, I can help people get in the homes, I have a lot of freedom that I can do what I want when I want. And as long as I'm executing on getting things done efficiently, life is good. You got to execute. You got to know what you're doing. So you can't just get into it and say, yeah, I can just hang out and not do anything. You got to know what you're doing. You got to execute. You got to study your craft and become an expert at it. And if you do, you'll get the freedom and reward. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, again, if somebody has an idea for a TikTok they want you to make, or somebody is maybe feels stuck at their current job as a loan officer and either needs mentorship or maybe wants to, to move over, uh, you know, with you or at your company, or maybe some of the things we talked about, what is the best way to message you? I'm on all platforms. So you can hit me through face, Facebook if you wanted to, or you can, um, you can message me, of course, on TikTok, or you can send me an email at joe at digitalmortgageguy.com send one there. And if you do, if you want some mentorship on how to do this stuff, I'm more than happy to reach out and show you what to do and, and share my ideas. It's, and that, that's the thing that, that like what you're doing and what all the other podcasters that we mentioned earlier are doing when we all do good, the whole industry lifts up and we all do well and we have good people in our industry. Therefore we, we have a good reputation across the board. So I want you to do well. And I want, I, you know, if, as a, as a, even if we're even in our local market here, we all get along and we all help each other, actually. So, yeah, if you, anybody wants to reach out, I'm more than happy to uh, to coach and help in any way I can. Thank you, Joe. I, I appreciate it. You seem like a guy we could sit back on those uh, 
Adirondack chairs all day long. And I think that's what makes you so great. So thank you again for coming on the mobile patio. The mobile patio is always open. And thank you for watching.